God wants to break mediocrity and smallness off of your life. How many know that God has big plans for your life if you choose to follow his, his, what he has for you, if you choose to just continue to cooperate and work with God, right? And you've been called to do way more than small things, right? You've been called to, to step into a promise and... And, and I look at this place, and it does. It feels like I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, like, on a real plane right now. I really am. So I just want you to just see, what, I just want you to think what Jesus is like right now. What does Jesus look like to you? Because you are, you are created on the earth to begin to reflect all of who he is and begin to, Step into life and do life like Jesus does, not did, does. And so I think of, I just listed some things. What is Jesus like? He's incredibly powerful. He's full of love. He's deeply intentional. Oh, I'm telling you, he's deeply intentional. Now we, I just have to stop and say this because the church is about mile, you know, Seven miles wide and an inch thick, an inch deep on certain things because we don't get into people's lives. We don't connect with one another. And we don't deal with truth ever. No, and I'm not talking about the word of God, but with one another, well, half the time we're not honest. So Jesus is deeply, he's intentional. He's overwhelmingly confident, yet he's cloaked with humility. Right? He doesn't walk in pride, but he walks with the humble spirit. Not haughty. And nothing worries or phases him. Jesus doesn't get stressed out. Jesus doesn't get overwhelmed. He's abounding in love and passion for his people. And he wants to see you walk in purpose. He wants to see you fulfill your calling. He's so full of joy. <laughs> Come on. The Bible said that he was anointed with more joy than any of his brothers. The oil of joy. This is how Jesus walked the earth. This is how he lives in heaven. He's laughing your problems away. He really is. And he sings over you. And what is he singing over you? Can you hear what he's singing over you? Because most of us can't hear what he's saying to us, never mind what he's singing over us. And the Spirit of God wants us to step into the melody of heaven and listen to the sound that comes from the Savior that releases all of what he has for you. In so many ways, he wants to speak to you. And so what is he singing over your life? He's not intimidated. He's not rattled. <laughs> He's not rattled by enemies or demons or confrontation. He doesn't feel insecure. 
He doesn't make excuses. See, when we lose battles, we make excuses. But you're called to win the battle. You're called to enter into the land. We're called to walk in, 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 in a divine nature that, that God has called the whole entire church, not a few that stand up here. He's called the entire church to. So in my opinion, it's, it's only the good fight that Scripture talks about is the one we're to win. See, he doesn't lose. So when we fight the good fight, we win the battle. Are you hearing me? When you fight the good fight, you enter into the promise. When you have contention and things are contending against you, who's, Jesus is here? It's, it's funny, it wasn't even that, no, like phones would go off in the old church, I wouldn't hear it. I wouldn't hear it. So all faith, I just want you to, all faith begins in praying. Come on, our life has to be steeped in prayer. Oh, Wednesday night prayer is not that important. The prayer meetings aren't that important. No, they're really important. It, it, brings, the, it brings the motion of heaven and, and releases it on your life. So I just want you to go with me to Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to my, my, the Bible verse that was in my Zion Bible Institute graduation yearbook. The saying, the one that I picked. Chapter 1, thank you. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And when you're with me, say word, yeah. We'll start in verse 7. Now I'm going to jump down to 9, sorry. 9 was the verse, 9 was the verse. I wanted to start in seven, but I'm just going to start here. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, and do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, pass through the camp and command the people, saying, prepare Provisions for yourselves. For within three days, everyone say three days. You will cross over into the Jordan, over this Jordan, and go in to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. Come on, God's good. God took the people out of the land of Egypt. Come on, they wandered for 40 years. Nah, 11-day journey, 40 years. But he's good. He brought them in. And he had to walk them through some things. So what was the possession? What was, what was Joshua possessing? What was the commandment that he was spoken to them? And I'm just going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 8. And we're going to see what the commandment was and what the promise was. Because God's called you to live in a promise. 
Everyone in this room, you've been called to live in a promise. Verse 8 says this. Are you with me? Deuteronomy 11, verse 8. Word. We've got five words and 110 people in here. Word. Come on. All right. Therefore, you shall keep every commandment which I commanded you, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore to give you and your forefathers, to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt. Stop. The land which you're possessing right now should not look like the land of Egypt. Egypt is a type of bondage. Egypt is a type of slavery. You're not called to live in the bondage. You're not, that's not the land that you're possessing. We're not repossessing Egypt. Are you with me? You're not repossessing Egypt. You're, re, you're, you're going into a new land that you've not seen, that you've not tasted of, that you've never experienced before. And the Holy Spirit is going to help you to get into that land. And so it's a land flowing with milk and honey, and it doesn't look anything like Egypt from which you have come. You came out of bondage, you came out of darkness, and now you walk in the marvelous light of Jesus Christ, everyone in this room, unless you don't know Christ and you'll be saved before the end of this. But the Holy Spirit has given us this promise of possession and taking what he has given for, for us and what he has stored for us from the end, from the beginning of time, and we will possess it in these next days. Are you with me? So you don't live in Egypt. You're not repossessing Egypt. We're not restoring Egypt. No, no, no. You're stepping into the place, the land that's flowing. There's an ease. The honey of revelation and the milk that releases power and strengthens you and quickens you, that's where you're going, right? It says, from, from which you've come and where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot, as vegetables in the garden. But the land which you cross over to possess, cross over to possess is the land of hills and valleys which drink water from the rain of heaven, a land which the Lord your God cares. A, a land which the Lord your God, his eyes are on. A law always. That's what the Bible says. So where's your destination? Land of milk and honey. But a place that God has already prepared. A place that is, his eye has been on. A place that he will never leave. A place that he wants to bring you into that you live from. That it, it, it takes a lot of the strife and striving and all the things that we deal with as fallen. Hello. Fallen nature, God wants to revive you in such a way tonight 
where you possess something that you've never possessed before. God cares. His eye is there, and he's always there. His eye is always on it. His eye is always on what you're about to possess. His eye is looking at the very thing that you're called to step into. His eye is piercing at that place, yet it's always on you. And so the two pupils of God are trying to, he, don't make God cross-eyed. Come on. He's trying to pull you into that purpose. It's the, it's the, you're the apple of his eyes moving into the possession which he has for you. It's already been determined. It's already been determined. From the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. That means he's looking at it all year long and then he looks at it the next year. And then he's watching over it the next year. And then he's watching over the next thing. And the next place that he's calling you to. It shall be that if you earnestly obey in my command, which I commanded you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will give you rain in your land and in its season, the early and the latter rain, that you may gather your grain, your new wine and your oil, and I will send grass, I will send grass in your fields for your livestock that you may eat. And be filled. And I tell you, God has prepared a place for you. It's a prepared place. The word over this place from a prophetess was that we would enter into a prepared place. Can I tell you, as we began to work in this place, you could feel the presence of God. Because God had already been here. It was a church before. He was here before with his people. Do you understand that? And I'm telling you, God has a prepared place for you in your life. The question is, do we want to step into it? Of course you do. But it says this, that he's going to bring you on a journey. I just want to look at a few things. What does Jesus say? Jesus had something to say in Luke 19. Just make, I'm just going to make some headway with some scripture. How many love the word of God? How many know that's two scriptures sometimes doesn't do it? We're going to hit a couple of portions of scripture. Luke chapter 19. And I'm just going to get at it. Verse 11. Because there's, there's places where we've been, right, where we haven't stewarded well our time and our seasons with God. Look at me. I think from the inception since we began this work, that the Lord was always on me about stewarding, about stewarding his presence, about stewarding what he's given to us, about stewarding, finance, stewarding finances, Stewarding the things that he gives you, get, stu trying to steward as best we can the people that he brings around us. How many know it can't be two people? Look at you all. And I know some of you, we may not see you again, but that's Holy Spirit wants us to steward well everything. 
that he's given to us. Verse 19, I mean chapter 19, verse 11, and it's Jesus and it's a parable. So parables are things that he, Jesus spoke. And, and just, can I remind you, Jesus said these words. I didn't say these words. So if you're going to get mad at what I'm about to say, Jesus said the words. And that's all right. You can get mad at me. But you, the Holy Spirit wants us to walk in truth so that he can break us out of darkness, places where we don't see, things we don't like. How many like uncomfortable places? Good, no hands went up. I love it. But God wants to bring us into an understanding. He says this, now they heard these things, and he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem. And because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. All right, that's a good word. How many of you think that what God's going to do is going to appear immediately? Most of us. Most of us, until you've been in the kingdom for 20 years, and you realize it's not coming, it's not around the corner. We can preach acceleration all we want. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm believing for an accelerated season. I am. But I believe this, God has to bring us on a journey to get to where we need to go because there's a work that has to be done inside of our hearts. It's always about your heart. It's always about what God is doing in your heart to get you where you need to be. And so it says this, it says, they thought the kingdom was coming tomorrow. Like, we're going to Jerusalem, He's, it's, a ta- it's a hostile takeover. No, that's what they were thinking. I promise you, that's what they were thinking. And I'm telling you, you're called to possess. But you're also called to occupy. You're called to, st- listen, he's called us to pioneer this work. I, you know, and I'm not boasting. We didn't do it with a denomination. Like we don't, a denomination didn't just build a church and we step into it and I take a salary someplace. It just didn't happen that way, right? It's not boasting. Actually, it's, it's a lot of work. It's plowing. Apostolic forehead. Bang, bang, bang. Right? And so the Holy Spirit wants every one of you in this place to realize that what God is about to do, he doesn't want you to go around a mountain again. And when we don't see things that he's about to, we don't see the promises. You've got, how many in this room have promises that the Holy Spirit has given to you? Everyone in this room should have a promise. But I'm telling you, there's places where when we don't cooperate with what God's doing and we ignore everything else and we think we're just going into it, and some of us, some of us, we don't, even, we don't even have a perception of like, I'm going around the mountain again. I don't even realize it. Like you've been on the merry-go-round for 30 years and you just don't realize it. Oh, I've seen that before. And that's the same. And you're so dizzy. I'm dizzy. But it says this. Here's the parable. I'll get to it. A certain nobleman. God wants you to possess the promise for your life. He wants the church, listen to me, prophetically to step in and cooperate with what he's doing so that we can possess the gates. I'll try this side. So that we can possess the gates. (laughs) I'm telling you, 
There has to be a place where we understand that the Lord has a commissioning for the church. And it is about souls, but it's about bringing maturity into the body of Christ. And you have to pull up your britches and say, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to step in and do the work with God. Okay? Okay, so it's stewardship of your life. It's stewardship of the things that God gives you. It's stewardship of everything around you. It's stewardship of your finances. It's stewardship of every single thing. It's stewardship of your heart mainly. A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Can I tell you, Jesus is telling a story about himself. Okay? So he called ten of his servants and delivered them ten minas and said to them, do business till I come. Stop right there. Do business. One, I think it's the King James that says, occupy until I come. It's a bad translation. Because the translation is trade. Trade well. Do business. It literally is do business. Do the business well. Take what I give you and multiply it. Take what I give you and make it flourish. Take the little that I give you and make it expand. It can be money. But I think he's talking more about where are you at right now with me and the things that I put inside you and the things that, are in, that have, in, have birthed in your heart, are they manifesting now? Are they manifesting now? Because God wants them to manifest now and in the future. Because something has to come and give birth. Isaiah 66, right? Says, who can, who's going to travail and not give birth to what's, what's about to come? God wants you to give birth to the things that are inside of you. There is no doubt in my mind about that. There is no doubt. And he wants you to rest in the promises that he's about to release to you. He says, do business. So that means I'm a steward for what he's about to do and what he's about to release in today. Like you will receive something today from heaven. Look at me, everyone in this building. You will receive something. It's being given to you. It's being released to you. But what are you going to do with it? I'll just get sleepy about it and I won't do anything about it. Don't. Don't do it. Allow the Spirit of God to come and bring something to you and say, God, now what I possess, I'm going to take. What you've given me, what's, bringing, what's, what's beginning to sprout in my heart and in my life, I'm going to make manifest. I'm going to take it and multiply it. Here's the thing about Sunday. I was going to say Sunday morning. We never do Sunday morning church. Here's the thing about Sunday gatherings, right? God wants to give you something fresh, and he wants you to take it home and steward it not just for the week, but what do you get? What do you take? And so half the time we come in here on autopilot. Mona Lisa painting. And the Spirit of God wants us to possess and do business. Do business with what God gives us. <laughs> we can call the message do business. God wants us to do business with what he's given to us. Ready? It says, but, but his citizens hated him. 
and sent a delegation after him, saying, we'll not have this man reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be, you know, Jesus never talked about money in the Bible. Many times. This is just one time. To be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. How many trade? Come on now. How many have bad days? How many have good days? Come on, it happens. All right? But you want to trade well. you got to trade with wisdom. The best way to trade is with the Holy Ghost and get divine wisdom. But I'm talking about trading with the Lord, right? Then came the first saying, Master, your mina has, has earned me ten minas. And he said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Because you were faithful over the very little, I have author, I, you have authority over ten cities. The second came saying, Master, your mina has earned five Mina, because, excuse me, likewise he said to him, you will have over five cities. Then he came to another saying, Master, here's your Mina. I have kept it put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you, for you are an Austro man. And you and you collect what you did not deposit, and you reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, out, out, of your own mouth, out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an Austro man, collecting what I did not deposit, and reaping what I did not sow. Why then, stop right there, 23, why then did you not put my money in the bank that at my coming, I might have collected it with interest. And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to the one who has ten. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. And he said, I say to you that to everyone who has been given From him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Then he goes on to say, bring the, but bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them. Slay them before me. Those are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ telling us a story of what's going to happen in the end time. What's going to happen at the end of days. And the Spirit of God is wanting us to grab something out of here tonight. Okay? Are you with me? The Spirit of God wants us to not travel around the mountain anymore. Hello. Everyone in this room, God's calling you to step out of some place and into the new place. Out of one place and into the new. 
and Deuteronomy 1 and verse 6 says, The Lord your God spoke to us at Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey. Go to the mountains. Verse 8. See, I have set before you. Go in and possess the land which I swore to your forefathers. I'm going to stop here. There's some place where we get stuck, and this is the place. You've dwelt long enough at this mountain. There's instruction that the Lord wants to give to us. Everyone in this room, everyone in this room, that the Spirit of God is saying, you've been at a mountain. You've been going around that mountain, that same mountain. And God wants to pull you out of that mountain and go to the land that you're called to possess. How are we supposed to possess the promises? First of all, you have the promise of the Holy Spirit. God wants you to flow in the promise of what the Holy Spirit is doing in this hour. I remove myself and pull myself from that place of going around in the circle. Why? Because I have this advantage now. It's the Holy Ghost inside of me. The Holy Spirit inside of me moves me out of the place where I've been stuck. And he now gives me the advantage Acts 1.8, it's today's date. You shall receive what? Power. And God's given you power, but he wants you to take an account of the things that he's already given to you in this, coming into 2023 now. Where's the place that you haven't met, where you haven't seen? Where are the promises that God has, you know God's promised them. But I'll tell you, Every one of us, myself included, we come into a place where we get stuck and we can't move out of the rotation. God wants to move us out of that one place, that mountain. They got stuck at Sinai, around and around and around and around and around. And he said, no, you're going to the mountains where the Canaanites are. You're going to the mountains where, the, where all the giants are. Why were they staying in the place where they were? Because it was safe. Lord is looking for every one of us to step in to a new era. You know, I read a lot of scripture tonight. Who are you trading with? What are you trading with? How many of us are trading with things and plans of our own mind? Or even we're trading with with the systems of this earth to see if we can step in, see if we can find our way. 
The Holy Spirit wants us to be a people that move away from the mountain. I move away from the merry-go-round. The thing that I've been going around and around and around and around. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay there. And I say that because here we are. We're in a new place This is physically. We're in a new place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. But I come to you and I just, I say this because in all honesty, I can't stay in the same place. We can't stay in the same pattern. We can't stay in the same thing. We do the same thing, come in, come and leave, and don't, don't change anything. And God is wanting us to possess the promises. He wants us to possess the gates of a city, of a region. I don't care if it's a town, whatever. It's got to start somewhere. And I'm, I'm going to ask you tonight, where, where are you at and, and where's, your, where's your heart set? Because the Holy Spirit wants you to change. He wants, you, he wants to see you shift from a place of almost possessing something to grabbing it. Some of you, God is called to take risks, and you won't do it. Can I be here as a, as a, as a voice right now to say, step in and don't be afraid? Some of it is step out and don't be afraid. God wants you to walk in a place of security. These are the things that I said about Jesus. Jesus walked in confidence. You are called to walk in confidence knowing that every place, listen to me, every place you step your foot, every place I step my foot, God has given me to possess. Not because I'm something, it's because he's something. He says, go. Go there, go and possess that. Because we get bogged down. We get bogged down and stuck and we don't move into what God's calling us to because we can't see ahead of us. I can see much better from up here. The Holy Spirit is calling you, everyone in this room, saying, listen, it's no more. You don't need to go around a mountain again. I feel like I neglected this side. You don't have to go around again. You go in and possess the gate. You're like, how do I do it? I read it at the beginning. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. You know, Joshua was a type of Jesus. But it says on the third day, he said to the men, make provision for yourself. That means get things ready Make things ready, eat and get ready for what I'm about to do. How many are feasting on God's word daily? This is not a religious thing. Listen to me. God is calling you to feast on him daily. He is the word of God. He is the one that is the, he, he wants to possess you fully. I don't know. Some people don't like that. Some religious people don't like that God possessing. No. If you can be possessed by a demon, then you might as well get possessed by the Holy Spirit. 
I did, I did really well 30 years ago to be fully possessed by demons. Oh, don't, don't get quiet like you're all sanctified or something. I needed Jesus. That's why I'm here. And so, but here's the thing. I know people. I know players. I know people in this room. And I'm saying to you tonight, God is calling you to step out and get out of the trail that you've made around that mountain and step and says, go venture into that mountain because there's something for you in that place. And there has to be a place where you possess something new, not, not the same old thing. God wants to change some things. And we keep praying for the same old stuff, and we don't move. Oh, it got quiet in this Methodist church. I'm telling you, the Lord is saying, step up and step out. You're not called to wander around this mountain anymore. Some of you I know very well, and you fall back into the same patterns. Oh, believe me, I got a prophet I live with. She makes sure I don't fall in the same patterns. I got two prophets I live with. I'm telling you, it's like snap out of it. Ready? So what? in 2023, God says you shall receive power. Today, you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what, why do we need the Holy Ghost? <laughs> why do I need the Holy Ghost? Because the anointing breaks the yoke. Why do I need the Holy Spirit? Because it's the Spirit of God that brings might, that sets the captive free. Why do I need the Holy Ghost? Because he possesses my life in such a way, and I'm filled with him in such a way that I can't be denied all the other things that he has for me. And listen, this is not a, you know, gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy message. That's not what I'm talking. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit coming and transforming your perspective on how God wants to use you in your life. You can't go back to the same pattern. Look at your neighbor and say, there's no more wandering. Oh, tell them like you're going to snap them out of it. There's no more wandering. You can't wander anymore. Oh, I can roam with this microphone. I don't have to. Listen. You are called to live in, a full, in the fullness of Christ and nothing less Listen, the power of God, God can do anything in this place right now because it's him and not me or an individual. But guess what happens? When the fullness of the, of the body of Christ arises, the fullness, not what we're doing now, the fullness. When the full power of the body of Christ begins to appear, then the Lord Jesus is coming back. Wait a second. Let me say that again. I'll, I'll go back to this side. <laughs> 
when the fullness and the maturity of Christ comes, the Lord Jesus is coming. Why? Because the body, his bride, is ready. I know I, bought, I know I put a few people to sleep with the scriptures, but, you know, no, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is calling the body of Christ to rise up and awaken to your purpose. You can't live in the same, you know, going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and staying in that same place anymore. God wants to pull you up and out so that you step into it, whatever that might be. But some of us just get comfortable. The worst thing that we could ever become is civilized. I say this over and over. When you first got saved, you were burning and you were out of control. And then you got civilized. Then you became cultured in the, in the kingdom. Oh, I'm telling you. God is going to rip open the body of Christ. And there's going to be raw prayer, raw power, raw anointing. I'm not just cheering. I'm not, I'm, I'm not just even looking for a, a clap. I'm telling you, God, this is what's about to happen. The America cannot get changed by the church as we've been doing it. It won't happen. What are you stewarding? I was looking for money. I have none. <laughs> it's all in the walls, you know. I was looking for the Catholic gold in here. I couldn't find any. If I was to give you $20 and say, go make this, I'd be better off giving it to someone under 20. Maybe not. No, because you have innovation inside of you to cause the kingdom to multiply. You don't even understand it. That's why we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's more, just reading, it's more than just reading the word. Do you understand that you're trading with something that's not Jesus if you're not possessing your, your, your purposes? Well, that, was, that should have been good. Isaiah, you woke up finally. Holy Spirit wants us to be trading with him. You don't trade with anything else. You trade with the word of God. You don't trade with anything else. You trade with the spirit of God and the power and the presence of God. You don't trade with anything else. There's been gimmicks trying to build churches that have not worked because it's built a weak church. And God wants to build his church on what he said, a house of prayer. A house that's madly in love with him. A house that, that they, you, you can't be dignified in. Oh, come on. You saw me running today. Come on, Becca. I told you I was going to run. I tell you, the Holy Spirit wants us to be undignified in our pursuit of who he is. And this is what holds you and binds you to the mountain. It holds you in the wilderness. You can't go up and ascend, and you can't go anywhere else.
you shall receive power. What does the church look like filled with power? What does Acts 1-8 look like on your life today, now? Not just a Pentecostal experience. Oh. No, really. Because we get stuck in patterns. God only shows up this way. He only shows up this way. No, no, God's super creative, and he can show up any way he wants. Long enough. This mountain. Listen. You've dwelt long enough at this mountain. Turn. Turn. <laughs> what does turn mean? Yeah, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn and take your journey. How many want to go on a journey with the Lord? How many want to take a journey with God? Really, how many want to see what God has for you in this journey that he has ahead for you? I want us to take a journey right now. We dwelt long enough. Verse 8 in that same scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 1 says, See. Can you see? Can you see what's ahead? Are you ready for what's ahead? Because if you can't see it, you can't possess it. Come on, that's good preaching right there. If you cannot see it, you can't possess it. How can I possess something I have no concept of? How can I possess something? Oh, well, we just want to get, you know, we just want to be close with God. Yeah, that's good. You want to be close with God. But God has something specific. He wants to take you on a journey. He wants to bring you into a place where you're following him to the ends of the earth. It doesn't matter where he goes. You won't compromise one thing. You'll just go after him. You won't try and squelch down, well, maybe God didn't say that. Ah, there it goes. I set that thing on fire, right? You gotta get you gotta ask the Lord to take. Ready? We're gonna turn. We're gonna turn from unbelief. I'm gonna turn from it right now. So I can see with eyes of faith. Because you get stuck, you can't move. We just go through cycle after cycle after cycle. It's okay to live the American dream. 
but it's not God's dream. Come on, somebody. Want to take care of business with the Lord and, and get... slow down, waiting for stuff that we can't even see. God has something tangible he wants to give to you tonight. I can promise that. 